what do I want to start with? Here, we'll start with this. What up, what up? I'm Adrian Young. I'm Ali Shaheed Muhammad. And we are... The Midnight Hour. And you are listening to... Mega Late Show. Skirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's youngin' up in here. <laughs> I always say that we got to get that demographic. We, we, we do have to get that demographic. So you hit them with the uh, pop cultural phrases like lit and bop and skirt. I don't know what the newest one is, but there's vibes. I mean, I'm the last person to know those. It's, it's not a bad thing that you don't know those. But word. Uh, welcome back, Mega Late Show. Uh, I'm Robinson Mega, the host and producer of the Mega Late Show. Uh, we are a Tokyo-based hip-hop art and culture podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, welcome to Secret House Against the World, which is where I put a lot of the Mega Late Show. I put all of the Mega Late Show videos on that. So uh, hit like, subscribe, and please, uh, all of the things that other YouTubers tell you to do, do that to my channel so I can grow on my subscribership and all of these things. Um, today, man, I'm back with Ryman. I didn't even check to see what the last episode number that you were on was, but it's been us at least two years, guaranteed, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, congrats for keep going. Thanks, brother. I mean, it's weird coming from, I mean, not weird coming from you because you're a person that has been going. You know what I mean? So, word. Wait, before, before we get into the depths of, uh, of things and, and, and deeper into it, let me go ahead and let you guys know that all the beats on this episode that you hear in the background, the musical bed, are brought to you by Tokyo-based um, beat maker Il Sugi. Uh, you've heard of Il Sugi. He's super fucking dope. He runs the, um, the Slow Lights event in Nakano um, at Heavy Six Zero, which is one of the longest-running um, live beat shows that's going on. He's heavily into it with a lot of the um, the beat makers out here, all the guys that throw 404 up and then play beats. He's got a new album that just dropped on the Los Angeles label Cold Busted, which is called War Pays. This is where this song is from, and also a new collaborative album with Tajima Hall called Il Mahal, which is a portamanto of their names, as you can see or hear. And um, yeah, check out both of those. It'll be all beats by him or them. Uh, this episode and this episode is also featuring my good man Ryman Gaijin who we've had on the podcast before peace Ryman what's good I don't I don't know where I'm having applause anymore oh that's a boo (laughs) 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 I mean yo uh, to be honest I don't really use this except for for the drop for for the drop and the single drop of Ali Shahid Mohammed and Adrian Young and I don't know why that's the only one I use. It's kind of like a clout chase type of thing. But we've got a lot of people who are super dope as well, like Sky Zoo and shit that also gave us drops. But, yeah, welcome back, Ryman Gaijin. Is it Ryman Gaijin? It's Ryman. Ryman, I like that. Yeah. I think I dropped the Gaijin. When you became fully fluent in the language? Nah. Nah. <laughs> we still Gaijin out here, though. I don't know. It's a... Uh... Uh, when I came out here, I was the f- one of the first to put Gaijin in the name. Yeah. And it was never received well. Mm. I feel like there's been a turn in that more recently. The Gaijin Pot is one of the more popular resources for Gaijins to find jobs and shit. But, but yeah, I mean, that, that must... That, I mean, it used to... People still ask, like, oh, is it like a negative thing to use Gaijin? I mean, I never... I mean, it could be, and depending on the context, like when kids say it, it's cute. Yeah. When random salary man says it to you, it feel it hit different, right? It's like the hard R. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like the hard ER on it. Yeah, I feel you. For for people that don't know who are listening to this outside of Japan, Gaijin is basically like a foreigner and outsider, and it's a colloquial version of it, right? That's more just like a casual way of saying it, but typically, you know, gin is like a, a what would what would the the grammatical term for Isn't that? Isn't that like human? Right, person. So, yeah, so you know, you got cyogen, like super cyogen and shit. The one that you don't want to get hit with is like cocogen. Have you been hit with that? I got hit with that at this apartment the first day that I came up in here. The owner of, or the landlord of this apartment building 
what wouldn't allow foreigners into this apartment building chinese whoever it be and so i walked up into this birch and they were like we'll see the man the, the landlord wants to meet you and when he opened the door to the apartment he kind of jumped back a little bit and was like kokujin and i was like i just really want the apartment dog <laughs> i just really want the apartment but he's like you know he he's like five foot because he's shrunken due to his age he's an old man who comes okay. from a different time and i didn't take it like he said that but every every other thing he did to me was completely polite and he let me get the apartment and still to this day i'm pretty sure i'm the only foreign person living in this joint so that's the one you don't want to get hit with though i mean but i've been out here 14 13 years there's other ways to disrespect you mm. outside of a lot of people, you know, they think they can tell when people are talking about you, but they don't have to use those words. Yeah. I mean, long story short, it is what it is. But a coworker of mine, she, she said that I'm a waga mama. I'm not familiar with that one. It means selfish. Oh, okay. Which I am selfish. I don't deny that. But she said it like, so you're me. She's talking to a teacher right there. She looks past me and says, yeah, Matthew's Wagga Mama. As if it was just. Yeah, that's pretty. Did you did you say, wait a minute, bitch? <laughs> I mean, I let it go. Yeah, because I'm I, sorry for saying bitch. I usually don't do that, but sometimes I say bitch. I apologize. I mean, I let it go because. Uh, it's not that serious mm. and it's true like if she okay. said something that's not true like if she said matthew's always late that's not true okay yeah but but she said that and long story short it's over okay you left the job or you she just left let it the go job. Oh, okay i mean she quit the job like she's oh, a japanese okay. teacher who quit in the middle of the year Oh, okay. So there's something different about her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, being here that long, you must uh, encounter a lot of things. I know I have, man. Speaking speaking of which, I wanted to, like we were saying earlier, you were congratulating me on doing this for the little four years that, that we did, you know, before it was me and Late, but now Late's in uh, back in Atlanta, so I've been, you know, running the ship from over here. He still does the phone call conversations um, content, but... When it comes to Mega Late Show, you know, I'm still trying to do it. Like, you were, and I, I've heard this from many people other than yourself. Like, you were kind of one of the first black content creators in Japan that wasn't just like, I'm black in Japan. You were just like, yo, I'm doing it. I just happen to be in Japan. And um, your YouTube channel has a substantial number of subscribers. And I feel like you don't ever really promote. I feel like you usually just use it as like an outlet for your creativity. Like you're never like, yo, like my channel. You're always just like, here I like I'm doing this 365 day freestyle challenge to myself. It just so happens that I post it for you to also come to the come along with a journey with me. Yeah. And 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 I, I want to give you props for that. I give you applause again, but I don't want it to be the boo. You know what <laughs> I mean? I, I give you an applause, but 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 yeah, that's that's pretty wild. Like, um, uh, I guess to tell people who you are that don't know, it's like you, you've been out here for a long time. You've been rapping and and rhyming for for over twenty years. You're also a prolific beat maker, producer. You're a photographer. You are some type of like a super creative person. Would you do you feel like that? uh this adequately describes you without like hyping it too much like you do a lot of creative shit right that sums it up am i missing something though i know you make beats all the time i know you're rapping all the time and i found out about your photography i feel like after i met you but it turns out like you do a lot of photography work too I ran into you on the street just a couple weeks ago randomly and you had like a whole luggage and a whole uh, rucksack full of like i was like where are you going like the airport's the other way and you're like oh, i'm doing a shoot actually it was i think right over here right over there okay man and your photography is phenomenal thank you and i'll be like yo 
Rami get to take pictures of a lot of naked women and shit. <laughs> it, yeah. It's part of the process. It's a creative journey. I mean, I needed to do that. I needed to step away from music. Mm. So there was this right after MBA school I did. Music. After MBA, after I got my MBA, it affected my music. Because now there was the... I didn't really. I don't really wear the business hat. Mm-hmm. I'm more of an artist. But then business school, I try to put things through the. Like it, it just, it fucked up my mind. Yeah. Because it's, they're they're the opposites, right? Like you, when you're a creative, like you create not to like sell it, but you create to like. I mean, create. We're. It's a misnomer. I always use the example Madonna and Michael Jackson. Prince, throw him in there. They are business people. Okay, sure, yeah. But they also, they don't, you wouldn't think of them as business. Right. Like, because their business is, well, I don't know if I'd throw Prince in there in the same way that I would throw Michael and Mike. Uh, I feel like Prince is like a an artist artist, and I feel like Michael and Madonna are pop stars who whose art is not informed from like a of course it comes from them but it's like prince was writing his own music terry lewis and jimmy jam were writing michael jackson's uh fucking chris mosdale was writing lyrics for michael jackson prince was you know so it's a slightly different am i just taking this off a weird tangent but i mean it go go on about the art maybe because i'll take us off tangents all day i mean i <laughs> i'm just in general like they were business minded. They were focused, mm-hmm. all three of them. So when they came, when it came time to do this shit, they were doing it like a business. They managed the people around them. They knew what they wanted, and there was no lofty "we hope it works out" kind of. Like Prince would play it himself. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't like, so business is like that. Like you need to. Make sure you got all your widgets there. But in business school, they didn't correlate those two. They said, you're a musician. Why are you here? Sure. I'm like, music business? Yeah. They're put together? But I mean, everything is slang yourself. Like, people are fucking, you know, selling every single aspect about themselves. That's like, a, like the neoliberal subject is that that's a, a part of it. So, like, I... I I mean, I'm coming to terms with it now, but I didn't like that. I mean, anyone who knew me or knows me during that period, I was basically quoting what the teacher said. So one of my teachers, he'd be like, you're going to sell this bottle of water. You think it's great. So what? So any idea we came up with, he's like, so what? What is the value? What is the significance of it? So I started saying that to other artists. Oh, you want to make a track? So what? I didn't gain any friends with that. I mean, that's not a, <laughs> like. A, I mean, that's not how you really. Yo, I'm trying to do a rap. You like so what? Well, because there's a bigger picture. Like, you wanted to turn it into something that was lucrative, or you thought well, it should exist as. Well, so I'm an artist, and I always that always drove my um my moves. If you ask me what my four-year plan was i didn't have one I'm just gonna do this i'm gonna climb up the mountain and rap on top because i want to climb up the mountain and rap on top you're talking about the literal mount fuji that you climbed to the top of the mountain and wrapped on top yeah right that's the thing he did <laughs> but if there's no i mean it's a debate and i again i can't i'm coming to terms with all this but at the end of the day, you just have to find peace. Sure. And I couldn't find peace at that point. The marketing. I mean, a lot. Like, I hear on your new album, like she's like, you're one of the first person that was like branding yourself and wearing your homegirl was like, you're one of the first people. This is 20 years ago. She's talking about you. You would wear like your your manifesto gear, your whatever. You know what I mean? And even to this day, I think that's the the rhyming shirt, right? That you're rocking. It's the first out of the print. Uh, 
The first and only. I actually threw okay. some away now. Okay. I mean, you could but always toss them over here. Even if they use, I'll throw them <laughs> up on the wall. I, I, are you – so you've been doing it for so long, and I was saying that it seems kind of like you are doing all these creative endeavors, but it doesn't seem like – it doesn't seem like you have any aspirations to like make it, so to speak. You know what I mean? To like blow up, to to have like a wildly successful album, or to be like some wild, you know, YouTube star. I feel like you could probably do more if you wanted to. Uh, and and that's me projecting into it. Are you saying that there's like a difference? Like you're trying to 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 monetize yourself a little bit more now? Am I just off on on that? I mean, it's. I mean, I don't know you all that well. You know what I mean? I think there's a correlation. I mean, you can't really say it, but I think there's a correlation between when certain artists become really successful and then they kind of lose their bearings, go crazy, or they just they kind of spiral. And I'm afraid of spiraling. I, I don't like... It's weird for me to be around people who know me it's weirder to be around people who don't know me like they they heard of me they've seen me and they have these expectations right and i it's like i didn't i didn't think people would watch me on my youtube the purpose was first to make videos for my family but my family didn't have computers back in the day so they never seen Word. it <laughs> it's for iphones and all that then the second wave was just to get people who look like me or in my situation to show them that there's nothing particularly special about me. If you want to come to Japan, come to Japan. And that's kind of how everything is. It's just don't let all those. The only thing stopping you is you. Right. And I try to model or show just i'm a regular dude doing regular things and i show the pluses and the minuses right and a lot of my channel is just me talking about the books i read and how i'm interpreting it and and it resonated with people apparently man i mean i've got you know uh the homie friend of the show um cake chocolate cake i think you know cake right he raps with Laidback CX. He's a guy yeah. a little fro. Used to be a b boy. You know Cake, yeah. I met him. I met him for the first time at a Ruby Room. Okay. Well, see, like, um, he was telling me he was like, yeah, when I was before I came to Japan, I used to watch videos of Ryman. And Ryman, like, I, you know, he was like, I, there were, he would like just be personal and share his life and share his relationship. And he had this breakup that was, you know, very much on his channel, and it was sincere and authentic and it was just something dope that he thought so i mean i think you like I, I look at your i i look i actually subscribed to your channel for the first time today i didn't really ever think to do it because i'm not really one that watches vlogging style content so to speak like uh, you know um but i was like oh let me check it out and i started to watch like videos and i was like wow like man you got a lot of fucking subscribers there's people who are invested into like following who you are and and all that so I mean, all this to say is like a very long intro to just be like, man, you're one of the forebearers. Like you're one of the more OG cats when it comes to this type of content. And not only that, like you're a hip hop guy. So I, I fuck with you heavy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I wanted to get you in here to talk about kind of this same, um, this aging here in Japan and this aging as a man and everything that comes with you know that facet of your being being black being black in japan coming from where you come from rapping and the things that inform it and especially this new album that you just dropped uh on your 40th birthday which is called 40 and all of the songs on it are kind of plays off of things that are 40 you know um there's nothing about 40 ounces on there but that's because you don't drink i mean you know I what i mean when I was, cause I made a list of all the 40 things. So 40 ounce, 40 Glock, 40 Glock was going to be the song with Buddha and I, okay. Like taking Shout shots, out to Buddha. Yeah. but I don't really do that kind of, I don't reference 
gun bars per se. Then 40 ounces, I don't drink, so I, but it could have been like going off a liquid. We got 40 sure. ounces of flow, but. I mean, you're an MC, you could turn it into anything you want. Uh, uh, basically, you know, like but. 40 year old virgin, WD-40, you had a lot of 40, it's all 40s. Yeah. And for this project, you decided to make it, f to release on your 40th birthday, and you decided to make it in 40 days before your 40 40th birthday the yeah. 40 days before yes and you made all of the beats on an ipad as well yes that's what what kind of inspired you like when did the idea come to you that it was like i'm gonna do it this way i mean i don't like birthdays in general i'm not a celebrate your birthday kind of guy i usually disappear uh, a couple girlfriends set up like surprise parties and all that and it was just really awkward because i'm it, yeah i had one random tinder person i met like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this we're gonna go i think she's gonna take me to okinawa or some shit oh you gotta take that trip dog like that's a free trip to okinawa you gotta take that i mean i'll take myself there but mm. it was just i don't want anyone to because i just didn't like it Okay. I mean, I don't celebrate my birthday like that either. Like, uh, I gave my birthday to my daughter. And I was like, yo, on my birthday, it's your birthday now. We'll get you presents. We'll celebrate you. And my birthday is like in a couple days or some shit. And it don't mean much to me. But growing old is, I feel, I don't, I'm not one of those people who's like, damn, I'm fucking 30, 38 years old. I feel old. Like, my neck feels old sometimes and injuries feel old. But I feel really happy to kind of still be around. And I, f I feel like the only time I really feel old is when I'm around like a 21-year-old. And I'm like, oh, 21, you're a baby. And that's the only time I feel old. But, you know, I'm, 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 I guess I'm the same as you in that regard. Like, birthdays are important, but, like, it depends on what, you, what emphasis you put on the importance of. They're, they're fun milestones to count. Going off what you said, um, I, I'm happy to be 40. Like, I, I love the gray hairs. I love just seeing the patterns of my life. Seeing, in a way, music brought me to this point. Like, just, I was making video, or I was rapping on beat tapes. And it's like, I want to, how can I do some artwork? So I got Adobe. Like, I don't know how to use Adobe. I should go to college. I go to college. Uh, in college, met some more music-based stuff. Then I randomly come to Japan because I want to rap here. That's You were just like, yo, I want to rap in Japan? I didn't come for anime. I didn't come for the food. I just wanted to <laughs> rap. You're a wild guy, man. I, so every time I talk to you, I feel like you're such a... Uh, I don't want to say strange, but uh, you unique. Are, you, unique. You, you, unique is unique is a term for it, but I feel kind of like it also underplays that like you. Everybody's unique. You know what I mean? Like in in their ways, everybody has uniqueness uh, for, for to some degrees. But you're you're uh, you're you're an artist. Like to me, when I when I see you and I see the stuff that you do, there's a motivation there that it's just like some people don't have it in them. Like I I like to I would like to fancy myself as a creative. You know, through hip hop culture, I've done everything, all the elements, you know, like even my handwriting now is still a little bit of a hand style. Like I used to help a host open mics. I've had played my part in in beat like a we had the, the Tibetan death quartet, which was a live improv hyper modern jazz ensemble of guys who didn't know music theory, but were using hip hop equipment to put amalgam sounds together. You know what I mean? Like we were like, I like doing that, but for me, I've always needed a, uh, like a code, like a, I don't know, like a, a creative person to push me. I needed a person that was like, I left the house today without a poem, and I came home with a poem. Where's your poem? And I'm like, oh, that's right. Here's a poem. Okay. And then you know, so I've always kind of needed that creative kind of partnership. But for you, I see it just like. It seems as uh, as much as shit that you do, it seems like you just don't have a choice. Like you're impelled to create. And that's a that, that's a really admirable thing for me. I, I, I can't do it. 
Like you just be at home making beats. I'm wondering, like, what the fuck else do you do? Do you watch television? No. Do you do you, like? I know you don't. You you listen to audiobooks, but I imagine you're doing that at times where you can't just rap or take a photo or make a beat. You're probably like, all right, I gotta sit in this office for an hour. Let me go ahead and just put on this Rockham Sweat the Technique book to listen to. Every time I see you, it's something creative. And that's what I mean by the uniqueness. It's a it's a it's a really powerful thing to me and I envy it. I envy it like there's not a lot of things that I really envy about other people. Um, like your rap style I don't I don't envy. Like I think you're good at rapping, but it's not something like, damn, I wish I could rap like Ryman. The thing that really makes me feel like like a little bit envious of you is just your ability to continue fucking did, did you freestyle? Did you make a video today of freestyling? Maybe not, but yesterday. You know what I mean? Like you I mean, just doing it. I love that about you, and 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 it's so fascinating to me. I mean, it's it's interesting to hear your take, hear anyone's take on this. You don't get that all the time. I mean, I would never talk about me. I, I wouldn't be in a conversation about me. Cause it's weird like that but um i don't have a choice in that i wouldn't be i feel weird like like you have uh these x-men marvel uh card series oh, 2 1991 avengers vs kang do the knowledge you know what i mean so recently i've been watching the 90s cartoons of the x-men okay which is it's like a break from music and photography and books it's it really is like some escapism for you like you get to just like escape your brain and just fall into fucking gambit saying mona me every sentence and i'm not even thinking about sampling the music or it's it, a part of me feels i'm wasting time because i mean i work two jobs so it's like i get off one job get to the next job come home at nine and it's either i'm gonna like, I fall asleep doing my music or whatever. So it's just, you know, whatever. Let me just relax. And that's huh. how I'm relaxing. So you you're not wa- you you didn't watch, like, WandaVision or Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Invincible or fucking Mr. Nobody. Like, you, you didn't watch, like... I can't uh, watch those. Yeah. I mean, if it's bingeable... Okay, then, all of which. Okay, those are not the ones I named. And if it's serious, like, like I got rid of my Netflix. Okay, good. Like I, Pirate all that shit. If I have it, I gotta watch it. And if there's like eight million episodes, I want to finish it so I can get on to whatever next thing I gotta do. So I avoid things. Just because it's just going to draw me in. Now, it could be beneficial because my references, my punchlines are not up to date per se. Because mm. I'm. You're going to be referencing 90s X Men cartoons soon and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, I. I mean, sometimes it. it like, uh. What was it? Box? The. Where you had to close your eyes. It was a Netflix one. Oh. I don't know. Uh, Bird Box? Oh, uh, yeah, Bird Box with uh, Sandra Bullock yeah. or whatever. So right? I just happened to be watching that when everyone else was watching it. So when I dropped some references, it was we all knew what I was talking about. Gotcha. But in this album, I reference uh, uh, Dirty Dancing. Great movies that came out around the time, like, you know, uh, some of the people that I know were born. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? That shit probably came out around the time of, like, A-Valley and MJ the Sensei were born. Like, really, like, 85 or something, right? And it's gonna... It's... No, they weren't even born yet. Yo, with my... Like, I teach, right? So I'd be like, yeah, yeah, you know Harry Potter. They don't know Harry Potter. Like, they should know, but they weren't born yet. Yeah. And they did. They missed the whole, we're gonna read the big-ass books because... Yeah. Yeah, the only reason they would get to that is like if their parents push them to it, right? I'm not even on the Harry Potter train. I've never seen all the movies. I've seen two of them. 
actually Harry Potter indirectly when he had the invisible cloak. Yeah. I was like, how do you do that? So I, there was no internet. I had to buy a book. All right. So I bought this book on how to green screen and I got this cloth and I'm just running around green screening shit directly because of this Harry Potter. So then I would be like at a college, you know, tennis courts are green. So I'm laying on a tennis court. But uh, yeah, I seen them all for the special effects. Mm. Like I, I'm big on those type of things. But yeah, yeah. Um, back to back to the album, man. Let me um, in fact, let me pull up some of those tracks. Like I said, I didn't pick it up yet. I wanted to buy it, but I also wanted to buy it on Bandcamp Friday, so all of the proceeds go to you. Uh, let me just hop on this and see if I can shout it. out to Bandcamp. Yeah, you know, like um, I, I I use Spotify now, but people who've been listening to the program know that I'm I was kind of fiercely against all the streaming services just because of what they stand for within um, you know, the music industry and how they kind of supplanted um, labels as a way f- for the the best exploitation of artists and shit. You know what I mean? And when I would I would tell people like. Instead of paying $9 a month for Spotify, I'd rather spend $9 on an independent artist's music. And that way, at least a portion of that goes to them. As much as I like Oral Sweatshirt, if I stream his album 24 hours a day for five days, he's going to get 25 cents if he's lucky. Not even that. You know what I mean? So so I'm a big fan of um, Bandcamp for that reason alone because especially with the... the, um, the what is what do they call it artist fridays uh something like that something like that right but um i just i feel like i just said the name a minute ago but um yeah i could toss you all that money they're they're doing that and it's like google music and itunes or whoever else is not even close to that type of ratio of payment towards an artist so i mean if you give it context there was a time when uh we used to napster everything Oh yeah, I mean, I, I don't use Napster, but I've been on Soulseek for since 2004, maybe. So I'm a big pirate, but I like to support the artists that I like. You know what I mean? It's a weird. Uh, How do I get to the damn? Okay, here, here's the album. All right, let me. Um, I wanted to play some music off this. I don't know what my favorite track is, man. Your production on this really speaks to me too a lot. Maybe 40 Degrees is my favorite track right now. Do you remember what that track is? Probably not with your old rapping ass. This joint right here. This is a summer jam. To me, I feel like, okay, this is... Justice was playing as loud as shit in Shibuya last Friday before the the state of emergency. It was crazy out there. Probably probably dangerously crazy in terms of coronavirus, but we were, you know... Let me play this for a second. I'm not perfect. God knows behind closed doors. You don't like listening to your own music. Trapped in my own mental prison. You don't, do you? Looks like a prison. It's not black and white. That's how we condition to thinking that we victims to the whims of the system. I like your singing on this track a lot, dog. I didn't know that you was doing that. I'm a fan of it. It might be the reason I like this track a lot. And also the beat change at the end. You be killing it, Ryman. Let's get a little fist bump here, my brother. Thank you. You you don't like listening to your music, your own music, or you listen to it too much. I mean, the music's for me, mm. so it's almost like I'm telling myself. It's me telling me to keep doing what I do. Oh, so all of these uh, these wise bars are really more just like affirmations for you. To, to remind you to to focus on certain things because you do also I notice in the lyrics there's not like a preachy kind of here's a philosophical gem for you but it is kind of like one of those things where it's like oh okay that's a really kind of witty way to remind yourself I, I wake up in the morning I do this thing called the the miracle morning and I don't know um, if you're familiar with that but it's six things that I do the first thing in the morning when I wake up so the first one it, it it's an acronym called savers Right. So S is silence. It could be meditation. It could be prayer. It could be whatever. Me, I meditate. Right. Not anything substantial, about five minutes of just meditation. Then it's affirmation, visualization, 
exercise, reading, scribing. And so I do all these things in the morning. And so a lot of times I'll listen to a song and I'll hear something that becomes my mantra for the day. You know what I mean? And um, the chorus on this. Now, I'm not a huge fan of like uh, the the kind of uh, how can I say it? kind of the philosophical underpinnings that come with the idea of Darwinistic survival of the fittest as applied to human beings. But your chorus here speaks to me. There we go. Hold on, dog. This is my shit. Come on, Ryman. That shit is hard, Ryman. In that beat flip. Here we go. You be killing it, dog. I fuck with Ryman. You guys go check out this album, uh, Rhyming with Two G's.bandcamp.com. The album is called 40. It's fucking great. All produced on a fucking iPad. Yes. Jeez, dog. I didn't know. You know, Madlib produced the entirety of uh, that last Freddie Gibbs album on uh, Pinata. He produced that all on an iPad, too. And I got two iPad Pros, and I've got a fucking SP606, a 404, an MK fucking 3 Machina. And you know how many songs I produced? Zero. Yeah, I ain't produced shit. That's the... You know what I was? You used to do the um, you used to do the the beat making workshops, right? Mm. I wanted you to give me a beat making workshop on this thing, cause I fuck around for for about an hour and I'd be like, wait a second, how the fuck do I sequence the drums on this thing? It's so counterintuitive to me compared to like an MPC. It's not. It's not. It's not an MPC. Like right, it's not. When I, cause I started with an MPC, the five hundred, then I saw this came out, and it was just. I lost you all You got my one shit. of these, too? I got everything. Well, yeah. I, go ahead. Go off, dog. How, what else you got? You got... I know you have the... You had the Ableton push. Did I see... No, I, I seen got, you with the new MPC Live. I got the Live. I got the push one. I got uh, the MPK, little MPC. Keyboard, okay. Which... I know what you're talking about. But it's, it's like $100. Yeah. Like, it's... Like, you don't... Like today, this day and age, you don't need to drop sixty thousand, yeah, or forty thousand. You could do it from your iPad. Right. The difference is this is cool. Yeah. Sliding your finger on a this, this glass, different aesthetic. I, I I do like that kind of tactical feeling, tactile, tactical. This shit making me burp like crazy. Excuse me, but I like that tactile feeling of it, like. Also, I had this, we, you know, when I mentioned earlier when we were making music, me and my brother Satoru, you know, the, almost 20 years ago now, um, we, they didn't have computers and shit, right? So we didn't have, I mean, they did, but in order to have like Pro Tools, you needed to buy an Mbox for $500 as an interface. And then, you know, so we had all this hardware. And I remember Madlib actually, in a way, he kind of fucked me up because he was like, I don't use anything this digital. All my shit is analog. I sequence and I and and the, what you get here is me sequencing it on a fucking digital eight track or mm. a four or four uh, 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 a four track. And we were like, we gonna do that too, just like Madlib. And so all of my music, we we sequenced it on a BR eight sixty four digital eight track and lost all those motherfucking zip discs. Like all of my music is just in gone, missing. It's in heaven's unchangeable heart. It's just not around. But you know, so I'm not used to looking at my computer and seeing how drums look laid out. Yeah, it's yeah. weird to me. It seems like um, it's counterintuitive to the way I visualize music. I don't I don't visualize music with seeing a pattern. I like it to be kind of like a herd. I mean, it's just but it's everything. It's if you go into jazz. Herbie Hancock was talking about when um. Uh, he didn't want to play um, the electric keyboard. Yeah. Because he it's, had his reasons, but yeah, similar yeah. to that one. And then Miles Davis, like, play that shit. Right. And he was like, I'm out. Yeah, he fucking quit, right? Well, he was 
I guess he said he decided he's going to do it because Miles Davis knows what he's talking about. But it took him a while to kind of like embrace it. But that divide has always been there. Yeah. So now you got this kind of like even I, I before I started doing Beat the Best, I thought you needed a hardware. Mm. Like people on their desktops and Fruity Loops. Trash. Look at y'all. Y'all ain't real beat makers. I saw Mad Lib. <laughs> right. But, I know the mentality. I know what you're talking about. But then you hear it. And at the end of the day, if it's... But it, it gets crazy because it's it's different. The way you approach it's differently. Like, I read a I read a lot of books these days, but it was a book on... Shout out to us, book reading motherfuckers, yo. That's, I'll keep telling y'all, do that. I mean, not, I'm going to plug a book right after this, actually. But they were talking about, it was um, sampling. There's a whole book about sampling. Kind of like a... Uh, the Joseph Slosh book, um, Making Beats. Yeah. It's the, uh, um, what would you call it? Ethnographic study yes, of beat making, right? I read that, yeah. So it was just weird, because I got that, I went, I was reading um, the book, uh, Dilla. Okay, I haven't read that one. So there was a little blurb that kind of, gave the six commandments of sampling and it was just funny because it it has moved on yeah but there was a time when you couldn't sample from tape it yep. had to be record right but dillard didn't follow those rules right he sampled what the hell he wanted and it just kind of marked i sampled tape from tv from there was a whole era where i was just getting this is back when you had the right no napster this is when you had to buy the uh, they made these um, CDs of show tunes, The Simpsons. Ah, uh, yeah. So I just kept buying all those and flipping them just for the hell of it. And I'd be at these beat battles or whatever, and I'd, I'm playing this commercial-ass sample. It's not hard-sounding. It's just... Mm. Like, I got those on video. Yeah. You can see the faces. I did Gilligan's yeah. Island. That's one of them. Ah, uh, that's hard. Dun, I'm like... Dun. It was it was a weird thing. There was like a faux pas back then. I I I remember like DiBiase was getting flack for like some of the things he's doing, like a a Simpsons theme flip, and it's like no, that's actually very hard. And you know that book by um, Making Beats by Joseph Slosh, I think is his name. Like you, it sounds so antiquated. The views of a lot of the people making that shit now. Even then, they're like the roots. Is it really like hip hop? If they're just you know what I mean, like is it you know like you weren't allowed to sample from those ultimate break beats fucking records and you know those rules are things that informed a part of my um kind of philosophy as a hip-hop head and those rules like rules like that were all over every element like b-boying like you can't do that he did that like that's against you know what i mean it's, it's weird i would love to see an updated version of that book now with the same ethnographic approach i don't think he could like it's just yeah. so Cause there's always been that hierarchy like it there's the top but now you throw in the money there's some people on beat stars doing whatever the hell they got the marketing down and they're, they're living millions of dollars from breaking the rules yeah you couldn't tell them otherwise yeah because well I, I feel like there still is like philosophical there there's still rules that that some of the best like adhere to if you listen, like one of the more popular uh, beat making uh, genres now is this lo-fi beats yeah. to fucking hug your homies to type of shit, right? Hey, lo-fi for everything, which a lot of it to me sounds like elevator music. It sounds very kind of just it's it's almost like the new like minimal, right? A lot of it's like Ghibli sample, fucking soft drums, lo-fi filter, and it's a lot of it just sounds like blah blah. You know, it, you you hear you hear 20 songs and you couldn't say what the different if there was a different producer in that. Right. Mm. And so there still are kind of rules there. If you talk to some of the guys in that scene, like uh, Marcus D, Marcus D is like, wait, you can't just do that. Like and I feel like you could probably pin down a couple rules, but they're much easier to break than they ever were. I would say there's rules, but there's it. It's open now. Like there's, like when there was only the MPC, the workflow was, it was, you needed an MPC to have an MPC sound. 
you needed the like you needed to because my mentor he had an mpc i went out of my way to get a Roland groove box because big mistake but it just changed the things i can at that point the Roland had infinite well not infinite it had a, a memory card so I didn't need to do all that extra shit to you get the samples. You didn't need iOmega zip drive or to fucking like for plug what? in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also had a, and well, yeah, I wanted a CD burner, so I bought a Mac when they came out. So at that point, you needed two computers to do music, one for this and one for that. And I remember telling them, I got a Mac. I, I don't need two computers. Mm. I got my Audio Media 3 Pro Tools card to stick in the back of it. And I just had the freedom to do whatever I wanted. Similar to if you have an iMac Pro, right? You're not limited to anything. Do whatever yeah. you want, right? Like I got one TB. Shit's filled with samples. Every sample I've been collecting over the years. Mm. But it almost seems like the rules were there. It doesn't matter. It matters to those. Right. Like the rules are, th like I think Miles said this. Miles Davis, learn the rules so you can break them. Yeah. But it's flipped now. You don't need the rules. Yeah. You just come in. I feel that. Like I've also seen. Shout out to um, to Brooklyn Terry, who is just a luminary and one of like the most important people to ever dance house style. You know what I mean? You know Terry. Like, just amazing dude and has been there since the earliest days of it all. He said, learn the foundation and then forget about it. And it's like that. And I feel like the the I feel like where you'd find the philosophical differences were like the accepted and unaccepted, the line would be more skewed towards those who never learned the foundation. Because I feel like in order to participate in the culture, you have to come from the culture, know the culture before you can change the culture. You can't just jump in and be like, this is the culture now. So when it comes to beat making, it's like at a certain point, it's like, oh, that's that's that becomes not that becomes something else. Hmm. You know what I mean? And I feel I still feel like hip hop is still I feel like just. With rapping, too, I, I remember vividly in like around like 98 99 when i started listening to weird rappers and so many people were like that's not rapping mm. that's not how you supposed to rap like he's not even rhyming like he's not even you know like you can't just do that like why is it like he's singing like he's mm. he's he's like he just rapping fast for it like you know there was all these rules and there is this kind of still to this day uh, a major divide between people's perception of hip-hop culture and i feel like the cats that are the the revivalists and in the lyrical miracle thinking type of guys i feel like that idea of them being so against the mumble rap style comes from a place of them not ever really being a part of the culture to realize that you were allowed to do different shit when i like so i hear cats is like yo um fucking you know they'll uh, an, an example right uh we we do album reviews on um my my channel me do you know l spade marcus no. l spade he's a content creator out here and jet axel you, maybe you know jet right um so we were reviewing this arm and hammer album arm and hammer's billy woods and elucid and it's produced by alchemist and their rhyme styles are very much from the tradition of rap that I was just speaking about, where it seems non sequitur, but it's very poetic. And the lines are all deliberate. Like, none of them are like filler bars, like, like itty bitty titty committee type of bars. Like, right? It's not that. It, but it, you have to listen to it with a different intent and understand it comes from a different place. Otherwise, you think it's just word salad. So, Mark is like, this shit don't make no sense to me. And I'm just like, hip-hop's allowed to not make sense to you like you're allowed to rap like this and there's something there that you just don't get the lyrical miracle guys who are on that side who say like the mumble rap cats can't do shit i feel like there's it's very coming from a similar place of rules yeah. that you can't break and i feel like motherfuckers that broke the rules are the illest well that's the you know what i mean like, <laughs> yeah rakim broke the there's a quote well it's in the book somewhere but like uh 
he you was just finished reading this Rockham uh, Sweat the Technique book. I haven't got to it yet, but yeah. Like he was saying that he was in the studio with uh, Marley Mar, I think. And Marley, oh, yeah. he was like, you know, you got to speak up more energy. And Rockham's like, that's not what I. Well, he didn't say anything. He just yeah. went through the motions, mm. but kept doing it the same way. And then Marley, like, getting upset about it because, you know. I made records. You're a new right, guy. Right. These are the rules to the break. But um, he was just, he wouldn't budge. Right. And then it's his book. It's his story. So he kind of looped it around. And Marley's like, I get what you're doing now. Word. Hey, speaking, if I could plug my bullshit, Marley Mall was sitting right there in this studio. And it was in my house for about six hours. Listen to that episode. It's about three hours of Marley Mall just dropping gems about hip hop culture. But to to your point, even Marley himself was breaking the rules. Marley himself is a is a person that broke the rules, and it's weird to have a person that broke the rules be like, follow the rules. You know what I mean? Well, like, but I find that pattern in everything. Like it's maybe it's a human thing, but Miles was way out there. He didn't like Thelonious Monk being way out there. Yeah. Like, he had an issue with that. And Thelonious Monk, like, and that's in jazz. But then if you go to art, if you go to any type of human-based something, uh, Little Kim, uh, who was it? All right, take rap, because we're doing rap, right? Okay. A lot, there's some rappers who are saying, Snoop Dogg, he was saying that WAP is too much. Oh, this I remember that right. And yes, he he's older now, and right. he's seeing it through this lens. But when he came in, bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks. Yeah, I mean the the dirtiest shit I ever heard in my life at the time was Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre's album. To be honest with you, or clearly, let's go to another uh, Eminem when uh Mac uh what's his name the dude who battled him. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly? Yeah. Okay. And it was because he said something about his daughter. Oh, yeah. The I first thing I thought of was Eminem said something about everyone's daughter. Right. But it, it is what it is. It, yeah. It's, he's different space, different time. And I find myself being very careful when I look at younger artists mm. and not like. I got one for you. I was having a conversation with one of my homies who um, his favorite MC is Eminem. His favorite MCs are Busta Rhymes and his favorite MCs are from that 90s kind of mid 90s era post Illmatic um, complicated bars, hard bars. Right. And so anybody that meets that criteria is like one of his favorites. And um, even and he's just like, yo, these cats ain't even rhyming like you have to have a certain thing about your words that you put together that makes it either dope or not dope. And I'm like, and he evoked um, Prodigy's name. He was like Prodigy, Busta Rhymes, you know what I mean? He, he listed all of the, the Royce, the five, nine, and, and he was dissing like 21 Savage. And I was like, if you don't hear the similarities between Prodigy and 21 Savage, you're not listening because Prodigy, listen to Prodigy. He barely rhymes. But he also rhymes. It's because he, instead of a word being a, like a suffix rhyme, you know, shun, meditation, you know what I mean? He would just put a like a flavor on it with his voice and his timing. And I'm like, yo, 21 Savage is doing the same thing, except that you don't feel it because he's not talking about breaking your 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 collarbone, your nose bone. With, you know what I mean? Like all this other shit. And I'm just like, yo. You, you, you come across as when you when you're on that hill of this is authentic and this is not authentic a lot of times that slippery slope has you looking like a really ridiculous hypocrite i mean it is I, again human nature yeah like uh last i don't know when i did but i went on the charts and i downloaded the top songs that are playing at that point and i just listened to it as instead of an audiobook just listen to all the songs and which ones resonate with me so 21 song running that shit he ain't saying anything important but the way he says it the way the track is 
because I like the trek, and then his confidence, and it's got me thinking I could. The rule, the rules change. Mm-hmm. Like you could say whatever you want. Then there's a Meek Mill song on there where they sample Trump. Okay. Like Trump is sample sample Like he has a voice that like it just worked with the track and and there's other songs that it didn't really. A lot of them they sounded the same to me. But it, I mean the. the truth be told a lot of it is very heavily filled with tropes of popular like a lot of it sounds ex- uh, very much the same and if you think about the construction of 90s boom bap style rap it's the same thing too it's sample drums you know what i mean and there's variety it just sounds like it's different because of your sampling from here and there and there and there but it's formulaic in the same type of ways now i personally just don't like a lot of the modern day tropes that come with um a lot of the youthful a lot of the youth rap but i also listen to my my favorite new artists are young cats and they're making some of the most interesting challenging shit that doesn't sound like wap or like fucking 21 savage or little yachty so uh, hip-hop is thriving right now i'd say I don't know. I, I um uh, we're we're about to hit the the hour mark in just a, just a minute, which I try to keep the the conversations down in that regard. Um, I did. Let me just see my notes here. If there is anything else in particular that I wanted to touch upon besides just your album, um, uh, yeah. I guess I guess we've mostly got we mostly got all of it. Uh, I would I did want to shout out the new Tokyo Poetry Journal. Um, this is great. And it's uh, the editor in chief is my homie um, Jordan A. Y. Smith, who is an MC as well. He also goes by Apes. He just released a, a book of poetry that has an accompanying um, rap album with it, where so, he raps the poetry. And man, you'd love you'd love Jordan. He's um, he's one of my favorite people. But um, yeah, check that out at Topojo, uh, T O P O J O dot jp or dot com but that's the new tokyo poetry journal and there's just a lot of really good writers in there uh I'll always support local and independent hip-hop music culture if you are a fan of hip-hop culture the best place to start with your support is within your local community and help those artists thrive i feel greatly um privileged to live here in tokyo around such incredible artists i'm always inundated by buying new shit from the homies the new album um from you Ryman, is uh some of your illest work and it's uh, incredible to me that you were able to put that together so quickly i want everybody to go check it out i'm gonna put the link in the bio obviously um where, where can we find you online Ryman? um rhyming gaijin i'm mostly posting on instagram but uh, recently, as of today, three days ago, I started doing this, uh, like a new thing that came out. I don't know when it started, but tutorial videos. Like, it's just. That's a thing. Yeah. And they're just like, I mean, I used to do that. I used to look at me make beats. The, the thing about me is the timing. I didn't know that these things would become bigger than what they are oh word like i just my my reason for doing a lot of the stuff i do is to do it but there's a dude i followed he got the machine when i had the machine and we were like the only two mm. so we followed each other but he went business-wise he made a website to teach people okay i was just look at me i'm making beats on a machine we lost contact. Yo, this is a fucked up song to be playing for a person that just turned 40. Hold on. It's just called Old Man. I'm an old I'm a, man. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, all the beats on this episode. I'm sorry to cut you off. Let me just say it right quick. Il Sugi, um, all of the beats are his. Yeah, this one is called Old Man. Let me stop that. There we go. <laughs> I, I forget the tangent. I interrupted you. My bad. But, um, you know, we reconnected and I'm watching him. He's watching me, whatever. So the machine came out with the portable one. Okay. And they sent it to him. Oh, because he's been fucking... Consistent. Yeah. They would have sent me one, too, if... Like, I can't... If they would have... I would have carried it up the mountain, too, if I had it. Yeah. But it's just the consistency. Yeah. 
that's what I, that's what I've been having a hard time with too, man. Like, there's a lot of content that I want to put out that I just like I don't jump the gun on it because I feel like a lot of it is just corny to me. Like, I feel embarrassed to put myself out for people sometimes. I'm trying to get over that. Like, I had like I wrote an entire album review for an album that is still not reviewed online um, of two artists that I feel are just dope and have a long lineage, Illogic and uh, Odd Nosedom, and I, I just didn't record it. I don't know, man. I, I I'd like to talk to you more in private about some of your routines to to keep it fresh and and I don't know help motivate me to to do more creative endeavors because uh, you're a fucking magical person. We supposed to end the show. We are. <laughs> We're ending it. Yeah. Let me um let me go out to uh, a, a track that I got and we can we can react to it as the final thing here. A track that I got from. This cat named Ray Kincaid sent me a song called uh, Sundays at Offbeat, and he's an MC. Oh, gosh, I should have made notes about it, but he, he's an MC, and this is off of his. Um, let, let me just pull it up so I can really look at it before we before we listen to it. Um, his album is called Crackheads Need Love Too, and let me see. It, he don't got nothing to say who he is on here. He sent me information. I just was lazy. Because it's the first day of uh, Golden Week, so I forgot to fucking put the notes. But let's listen to this right quick and, and, and let's see how we feel about it. Sundays at Offbeat. Yeah. Ray Kincaid. Let's go, you don't stop. Now when the beat drop, you don't stop. Now when Summer the jam. beat drop, you don't stop. Now, yeah. I'm killing, I'm never slipping on my pimping, got me limping, I'm never sipping, never tricking on wicked women, wishing they can get me with the kiss. Instead, I get the mic and I grip it like my name was Scotty Pippin' on a sick day. Got me feeling, got me feeling like I'm Luke Kane in my flu game, get hit me with that blue flame, that, that hot, 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 I do can. Drink emotion when I spit that potent potion. I kill the poison and heal the boys and girls from the wag music that oozes within our radio fuse. Shout out to the guys that send me music, man. Keep doing that. I'll play it when I can. When the beat drop, you don't stop now. I like this second cat too. When the beat drop, you don't stop. You feeling this at all, Ryman? You can diss it if you if you don't like it. I, I quite like that beat and the vibe. That's the thing too. If you send me music, I'm gonna be honest with you. I do like this though. I'm not really into pimping, but you know what I mean. Let my man get it all. So this is uh, Ray Kincaid, Alexander Freshco, and one other cat named James, hold on, James Virgodo, Virgodo, yeah, it's dope, check him out, Crackheads Need Love too. Kincaid with a K, K-I-N-C-A-I-D, you gotta give a word on it, rhyming, dope or not dope, that's a segment we used to do. 24. It's a very conventional, like, boom bap style for 24-year-olds, yeah? That's kind of hard, right? Let's run that back for a second. What is that sample? I feel like it's so on the tip of my tongue. I've heard it before, but I don't know what sample flip that is. It's hard, though. Yeah, you know the vibes. Mega Late Show, Tokyo Hip Hop Art and Culture. Find us on all the things that are important. Like my channel. Let's go back to some El Sugi, and we'll go out to uh, Punk Smokers. Thank you, Ramen, for joining me today, man. Right. The other track was dope. Okay. <laughs> Are we keeping into that? 
mean, it's, it's not a song that if I heard it once that I would. I was thinking this when I came down here. Uh, most deaf. Um, I can't afford a stuff. And she came with the. Oh, uh, Miss Fat Booty. Miss Fat Booty, yeah. Like when like I heard that song, I had to run it back yeah. and run it back. It's yeah. one of my. Uh, one of the greatest. Uh, that's not a love song, but that's a Valentine's Day jam. Whatever. I had to rap on that instrumental. Mm. I had to, like. It's it, not one of those songs. Okay. But it's a song that if it's playing, I want to hear what it's saying. Sure. I want to, because they're saying See something. what's going on, yeah. I'm talking all over it and shit. <laughs> I'll put the link in the bio, though. You know what I mean? Word. Uh, yeah. Fucking Ryman Gaijin, all the links to the stuff in there. I'm even going to put his YouTube channel in there, too. Um, like, subscribe, my stuff, Mega Late Show, Secret House Against the World, uh, Odd Cipher Divine, all of those things. Check out the temperature checks that Late does um, off of his phone out there in Atlanta with a lot of really dope people. Uh, peace to Dawn. Farewell. Punk smokers. No, now I got to do a different, different joint. Hold on. Let me see. Here we go.